I am hoping and praying that this thing is recording. Hello, my name is Julie Doherty, and we are studying Elijah. And I just wanted to say to you all, as you came and did your lesson, the, the long lesson, the first long lesson, and kudos to you. Um, so glad that you're here tonight and that we're going to get going. And we have, we have a lot to cover, yes? We are going to be in 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 1 through 24. We're going to be in there, and I'm going to pull a few things out. And I just wanted to, to share with you, we're jumping right in. Elijah is a prophet, a prophet of God. What is a prophet? A prophet is one who would boldly proclaim the word of the Lord, boldly proclaim God's word. It had a whole um, moral aspect, calling the nation of Israel back to God, calling them back. Also, calling on Israel to live more in line, to live under God's command and his word. This is the prophet who is going to speak for God, to give God's message to others, and to speak boldly. And so we get Elijah right from the beginning, right? And we studied that he came and he spoke to King Ahab, evil king, the most evil one. He's got a evil wife. They're quite the pair, the two of them, um, Jezebel. And she has wanted to um, bring all the prophets of Baal into Israel, correct? But, and she didn't want them to coexist with Yahweh. She wanted to eliminate Yahweh altogether so that there, all there would be would be Baal. And Ahab, her husband, said, okay, okay. Mm -mm, that's not going over very well with God. And so here we hear Elijah. As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, before whom I stand, surely there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. I love what he says here. As the Lord, the God of Israel, right in Ahab's face, there is no Baal. He is not the God of Israel, as you are trying to make him to be. There is one God, the God of Israel. And here's the part that I just, the Lord, the God of Israel lives. The Lord God of Israel lives. He is alive. El Che in Hebrew, the living God. The other idols, ladies, they are dead. They are not alive. They are made of wood and gold and stone. Dead. No power. They do not have any. They bring nothing to the table. And Elijah is bold. He is not bold for boldness sake. He is sure of who it is that he serves, of who he stands before. Not King Ahab. He stands before God, the Lord of Israel, who lives, the living God. This brings to him a certain boldness to declare with surety that neither dew nor rain. 
would fall except by his word, which is God's word, the living God. Just in this verse alone, just in this part, ladies, right here at the beginning, I'd like to take, take your roots, ladies, down deep into this truth that our God lives. He is alive. He hears. He sees. He acts. And he loves. We do not pray or worship or follow or trust a God who is dead. A God who has no life. Who is hollow. And unable to act. It cannot hear or see or have any power at all. Why do we need to know this? Why does this need to be such a part of our faith? Because this truth that perhaps we don't often dwell on. We're not, not often as we're running around in our little world or even we're thinking, oh, we're praying. And sometimes we're throwing it up there. Right? Have you ever had those? I'm, I'm throwing it up there. Ladies, sometimes we don't think about who it is we're speaking to. We're not just throwing anything up there. You are praying to the living God. He is alive. He hears you. He sees you. And if we can dwell on this, ladies... It will strengthen our faith and gird up our souls to live boldly. To live boldly. We serve and worship a God who can, a God who does, a God who is able. Wow, that truth alone we can take into our lives, to take out into our world with confidence, our faith with confidence. Take that truth in your heart, ladies, and hide it away. Keep it in the forefront of your mind and your souls. It makes me excited to see what he's going to do, because he can do anything. This is the living God. Because as we see, God's power will be displayed as he fulfills what he is talking about. So I would ask you, to ask yourselves, as I am, am I living and believing like God is alive? What would look different in my life if I lived in this truth? Verse 2. The word of the Lord came to him, came to Elijah. The word of the Lord, God speaks. And in these verses where he tells him to go and hide at the brook, right? And then he lets him know what's going to happen, that the ravens are going to feed him. The word of God speaks. And I love how Elijah went. No matter how unusual it sounded, he believed the word of the Lord and he did what he said. 
We see in Elijah's obedience as he goes to that place the fulfillment of God's word because the ravens did feed him, correct? They brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. This is our God, our Yahweh, Yaira. God provides. God provides. Now, these names of God, ladies, that that I just want us to bring out of what we see in the scripture, they they give us a different view. They give us what, what we come as we study God's word to know him more, right? As Rhonda taught last week, to know him more, that we may love him more and serve him and become more like Christ, right? It's kind of like as we get to see all those different things. I don't know if you could see this, um, this diamond. It's fake. Okay. It is. But the principle is the same, and I hope these lights kind of do something. But here's the beautiful part. As we learn about these names of God, or when we look at Scripture to see him, and we see different sides of him, be assured, it's not like God has just this little facet. He's got a little facet of living. He's got a little facet of being a God who provides. He's got a little facet of powerful. No, no. God is living. God is the provider. God is almighty. He is love. All of the things that we learn, he is them all. Not just, he's not piecemealed together. And how great is that? I hope what that happens is that is just too big for us. That's too overwhelming for us to even take in. Because do you or I really want a God that we can figure out? I want a God who knows more than me. Who's more powerful and and can encompass more than I can even comprehend. And here we have God provides. Two things have happened. There has been no rain, and God has provided just like he said. Just in these little verses, we have seen God do what he says he's going to do. The almighty God. Who else can stop the rain? Who can command the birds to come and bring you food? Except in Cinderella. Not real. Just like all the other gods. Not real. Except that we're learning about and we're seeing the God, El Shaddai, God Almighty, the omnipotent God, the all-powerful God. This is who we are seeing work here. This is who we are seeing work. Does the fact that God is alive and hears and sees and acts cause me, cause you to be bold in in my prayers, to be bold in our faith, to be bold in our words and sure in my heart? We're going to see more of our El Shaddai, our God Almighty, what he's going to do. 
We saw the next segment here is that the word of the Lord came to him again, right? And told him to go where? He told him to go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon. And do you remember, do you remember who's from Sidon? Jezebel, Sidon. Ladies, God told Elijah to go to the darkest place. The place where, where darkness reigned. So much evil there. But here, what I just love is that even in this darkest place, which God had commanded him to go to, God is there. God is going to bring light. And God is going to bring hope. Because nothing can stop the God Almighty, the living God, no matter how dark a place is. And we see here that even as he moves him to this place where also the drought has gone, God is using, by displaying his power, the drought to turn the people back to him as it was from the beginning, is here, continues to be. God is always calling the people back to himself. Why are you worshiping dead things? They have given their devotion and their trust and their worship to dead things. They have been embracing darkness and sin, and they are drowning in it. And God sees their deepest need. That is, they're saving from their sin. And they're wallowing in darkness and their disobedience and the torment of their souls. And he is not willing to turn his back on them. We often look at the worst thing, don't we? That is the bad thing that's right in front of us. The thing that keeps us up at night, maybe. The thing we struggle with. The thing we struggle to overcome. The things that just weigh us down with doubt and heaviness. And often we, like the Israelites, turn to dead things, looking for life. And God says, turn back to me. This has come upon them as a consequence and also that God said it would and it has and it's to remind them of who he is. They are going to now live under the, the display of his power of withholding the rain so that they will have nowhere else to turn. But God is going to show them that he is the living God and that here, even in the darkest place, he is going the most impossible place. God is going to bring his light and his hope and his power. Did he not tell Elijah, stay there, behold, 
Behold, look, take special attention of. I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So Elijah arose and he went, and behold, behold, God said. And now Elijah's beholden. What God said would be there. There was a widow. So he did what God said. He asked for what God had said, how he would provide. So he asked her for water and bread. What did she say? As the Lord your God lives. Remember Rhonda told us that like prophets would, would have been, looked very, very different. She knew who, who he, he was just by looking at him. And she is calling a greeting to him in this way or speaking to him in this way in reference to the God she knows he serves. Not because she believes. That would have been very customary in that time to, to greet people with, with their, about their God. So that's what she is doing here. And then, is she not there that she was what? Going to go prepare for her and her son that, she may, that they may eat it and die. I'd say this dear woman was at the end of her rope. She's at the end of her rope. She sees no hope. No hope for her. But Elche, the living God, has come to her region. God all-powerful has come. And so, Elijah tells her, do not fear. For thus says the Lord God of Israel. And promises that she won't run out. And she doesn't. Who else can do that, ladies? God does what he says he is going to do. Because he is able to do the hard things. He can withhold the rain. Our all-powerful God can and will. Who else can do that? He gives hope where there is no hope. The widow has no hope, but he brings light to the dark places. We have a lot of dark places in our world today, don't we? A lot of dark situations going on in our world today. In the darkest of places, during the darkest of times, God's power will bring life because El Shaddai God Almighty is speaking is working is living do we not see what happens when her son dies <clears throat> I didn't, you, did you see that twist coming to no hope. She's in despair. El Shaddai is going to move over her son and give life back to him. Because even in the darkest places, God can bring life and hope. 
And here, I love her words at the end. Now I know, she says to Elijah, that you are a man of God. And that, underline this, ladies, take this to heart, and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth, is truth. Boom! That's what God is about with people, to bring them to himself, to use his power and his, and his provision to bring people to himself. Even in the darkest places, the darkness cannot overcome him. It is no match for him. Even in the darkest of dark, in the worst situations, there is hope in our great God. The author of a book I was using, her, na her name is Anne Spangler, and as she was writing about this uh, God Almighty and the names of God is the name of the book, and she gave this about the El Shaddai, God Almighty. To use this name is to invoke the name of the one for whom nothing is impossible. Do not forget, ladies, El Shaddai, call on his name. He is your living God with whom nothing is impossible. He is El Olam, eternal God, everlasting God. God's heart is always to bring his people to himself so that they would see who he is and come to know him and bow their hearts and their minds and their souls to him. God, from the very beginning, providing a way. We see him providing a way here. We, saw him, we see him providing a way in Jesus Christ. That people may be restored to him. And as we look in the word, we see what God is doing. And we want to study that together. And then we look and see, and so what did the people who experienced his power do? Elijah stepped out in boldness. Elijah obeyed what God said. Elijah called on the name of our great God for the impossible. Some people continue to turn their hearts against God, and that will be coming. But we need to ask ourselves, how does the truth that God is all-powerful and provider and eternal change the way I think about him? And this week, will I bring my heart and my mind to God so that I may know and love him more? And what actions will I take? What will I do to live in the truth that I have learned from this word about who he is? And remember, ladies, as, as you come together and as we come together to study God's word, each one of us, God, is, his, his word is living and active and he's speaking to each one and we get to learn from each other together about what he is doing because we're each in a different place. I'm excited 
for you to, to look into his word, to find out who he is. And I just wanted to end on just as we are um, just being able to see how God is revealing himself and urging us to return to him, to know that he longs to redeem and restore and to remember that God gives life. I'm going to end with the end of the story. This is what's coming with our eternal God, with our living God. This is what's coming. I I just pray this over you as we end tonight, that you will go and that you will, this will just gird your heart to love him more. In Revelation 1.8, this is what's coming at the end. This is our hope. This is what we are looking to. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and was and is to come, the Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. All the angels are around him. The elders are singing these words. Worthy are you, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and because of your will they existed and were created. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them, I heard saying, that's you and me someday, ladies. What will we be saying? To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. The end of the story, we are going to be praising our living God, our provider, our eternal God, our all-powerful God. Ladies, gird up yourselves in this truth. Go out in your week and live in the truth that God is drawing you to know him more. Stand firm in that. Go with your living God this week. Amen.